out of 133 Division I Football Bowl subdivision teams, Nebraska has the 12th worst scoring offense in all of college football, out of all 133 FBS football programs. That is grotesque, to say the least. And after Nebraska started out 0-2, they proceeded to go 5-1, 3-1 in Big Ten Conference. And at one point, they looked like they were the most physical team in the Big Ten West, and there was a pathway for them to go to Indianapolis. Well, after losing to a pathetic Michigan State team on the road, who got rid of their head coach at the beginning of the year, and will probably announce one sometime next week after the conclusion of the regular season, then losing in another painful, absolutely painful fashion to Maryland at home with five turnovers, a Maryland team that's better than Michigan State, but once again, another close loss, and then a loss on the road at Wisconsin, a Wisconsin team who got bodied by Northwestern and lost to Indiana, who they themselves, they're 3-8, and eight. nothing to be proud of there, Wisconsin 6-5, and five. Maryland is 6-5. and five. Close losses have been a burden on Nebraska football as a program for several years now. And it was a theme to the point where it was memed in the Scott Frost era. Against Illinois, against Northwestern, it seemed like some of that had been alleviated. But here come Nebraska fans and college football fans who have said that the curse is still here. And I don't believe in curses. I believe that you are either a program that is making the most of your resources or not. I believe you are a good football program, a bad one, somewhere in between, or maybe you're on the complete good or bad end of the spectrum and you're an elite program like Alabama or Georgia, or you are a Vanderbilt or Arizona State currently or a year ago with the whole scandal that they went through. Speaking of scandal, I, as a Michigan fan, sometimes get stressed out about my team and whether the scandal will ruin my program or force my head coach, Jim Harbaugh, to leave for the NFL or to at least be let go by Michigan, or whether or not Michigan will lose to Ohio State this weekend because we no longer have our sideline wizard. These are things that I think of. But my team's 11-0. My team punked Nebraska. They punked, straight up beat Nebraska to a pulp in their own home stadium. Life as a Nebraska fan at this point has to be synonymous with pain. Corn-crazed, frustrated as ever, talking about the loss to Wisconsin. Corn Nation, John Johnston, constantly recording videos from his bathroom. By no means do I view myself as this Nebraska expert, but I think the reason why this season has been disappointing is obvious, but at the same time, for some, it's hiding 
in plain sight. Before we resume this video, I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button to support Big Red and hit that subscribe button with another account of yours or share this video to a friend if you think that Nebraska has a sliver of a chance of beating Iowa this Saturday. Also, like this video and comment what you would like to see Nebraska football execute and change in, or execute execute differently and change in the 2024 preseason. Because we're sort of talking about the 2024 preseason in this video, also reviewing how the season has went so far. And I'm also going to touch a little bit about, a little bit on Iowa, pardon me there. And yeah, that's what we're going to do today. 18.7 points per game forced. You know what that's identical to? The scoring defense who allows 18.7 points per game. Top 20 scoring defense, bottom 15 scoring offense. That's the reason Nebraska has a losing record is because their offense is even worse than how good their defense is. This is a nutcase. And unlike Kirk Ferentz at Iowa, or even some years in 2021, for example, Paul Christ at Wisconsin, Nebraska doesn't have the trench play, nor have they, nor do they have the program built up. They don't have the foundation to turn some games that are absolutely losable into controlled wins. They don't have that yet. Speaking of Kirk Ferentz in Iowa, before we really get into the nitty-gritty details, which is really just a simple fact about Nebraska football as to why this season's been a disappointment, is Nebraska is a two-point favorite against Iowa this Saturday. Line opened up with Nebraska as a one-point underdog. Iowa's a one-point favorite. 64% of public bets are on Nebraska to cover that two-point spread. Let me give you a reminder. Nebraska under Scott Frost in 2021 was favored to beat Iowa two years ago when they came to Memorial Stadium. It's a rivalry game. Iowa and Nebraska are pretty close in terms of power ratings. Same in 2021. The difference is Iowa turns games that they could easily lose, like Illinois, Rutgers, didn't do it with Minnesota this year, but they nearly did, and Michigan State, they turn losable games into wins because they have a clutch coaching staff and a defense that is elite. Nebraska's defense isn't elite. It's a great defense. It probably will be a near elite or elite defense in the near future if Tony White stays around, he's paid, and he gets better players. They don't have Iowa's defense right now. Nebraska's doesn't. And Iowa, I would say, officially now has a better offense which is pretty humiliating. I have no clue why Nebraska is favored or why they have decent odds other than the fact that I think it's easy bait. People, myself included, don't like to see Iowa win, and they see Iowa, again, myself included, as a program that's very vulnerable because they can literally lose almost any game they play in because of how stubborn they are, and their margin for error is next to zero. Iowa defies rules. They, re they really do defy rules. And while I'm not going to give a prediction here, what I will say is be careful. I would stay away from picking that game, from betting on any team. 
In fact, because Nebraska has recently been losing in one-score games, I know that Matt Rule and the staff want to go bowling, but Iowa has the better offense. They have the better defense. They have the better special teams unit. And Nebraska might be broken. Losses to Michigan State, Maryland, and the way they lost to Wisconsin. Rule and the team are pivoting. Corn Crazed and I talked about when I went on his show to preview the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. Part of the reason that I thought Nebraska was going to win, or more accurately, why I like the direction that this Nebraska team was heading in compared to where Luke Fickle's Wisconsin team was going, was because Rule was sticking with the team's identity. He wasn't pivoting. Fickle, meanwhile, it seemed like he was pivoting every chance he could. Well, turns out, Saturday happens, and if... Nebraska went aggressive and didn't play for a field goal, they would have gotten criticism. If Nebraska played for the field goal, which they did, they would have gotten criticism. They were going to get criticized either way. The interesting thing is, one game, full-out aggression, we're going to force the ball in the end zone. Another game, we're not going to go beyond the 15, we're going to play it super safe. That's pivoting. Even if it's from a week-by-week change, that's pivoting. And I don't think Rule and his staff are the type that want to pivot every chance they get. They don't come across to me that way. They come across to me as more set in their identity and set in their ways, which has its ups and downs, as opposed to constantly looking to change and tweak new things, which sometimes can be great. It allows you to stay ahead of the curve. Other times, you never get your identity set. Multiple coordinators coming and going, and you can never take off. There's ups and downs to every system. But Nebraska pivoting against Wisconsin definitely has me thinking that this team might, they might mail it in. And by mailing it, I don't mean totally quit. That's not the program that Rule has, and these players, they're going to be motivated to go bowling, but mail it in in the sense that they may not know how to win right now. Not for the whole future of Rule, or the program he's building, or extending into next year, but I'm saying for this year, 5-3 and three to start out, now 5-6, and six, Iowa, they're, they're finding explosiveness in limited capacity on offense, and they're defying my predictions. Iowa right now is, they're 9-2, and two, as insane as that sounds. Nebraska's 5-6. and six. If we went by my predictions over the past what is it, three weeks, Iowa would be 7-4, and four, and Nebraska would be 8-3. and three. I've gotten most of my Iowa and Nebraska predictions wrong. I think that's because I might have a blind spot for Nebraska. I love the fan base. It's the best fan base in America, and I didn't have high expectations for this team entering this season. So maybe it's not a blind spot, but more of the fact that Iowa defies rules and Nebraska had a spurt of success that maybe fooled a lot of people, and they have that potential, you can see it, but the 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 pieces of the puzzle just, they aren't put together yet. The frame of the puzzle, oftentimes when people put puzzles together, they put the outside together first. That way they can fill the inside. The outside of the puzzle for Nebraska isn't done yet. The foundation isn't even, it's being laid. Maybe it's mostly laid. I don't think that it's totally done yet. 
And if it is, all you have is the foundation. You have nothing else. Satterfield, personally, I think that him and Rule, their meddling with the offense could totally be a problem. But look at who they have at quarterback. You think that any of these players, you think that Heinrich Harburg and Jeff Sims, would they start anywhere in the Big Ten, let alone Iowa? No. No. Chubba Purdy, he would start based off of how he played against Maryland and Wisconsin. He would start at some schools. But he became the starting quarterback after the team began to slide. After cabin pressure might have already been lost. And now he's really, he was the lifeline against Wisconsin, didn't work. Let's see how he does against Iowa. There isn't much to work with in the quarterback room. And by the time Nebraska made a switch to a quarterback who, quite frankly, is better than Sims, is better than Harburg, but I think Rule and Satterfield wanted that mobile, extremely athletic, almost freak build type of quarterback, which Harburg and Sims are. Purdy is not that. And I think they got a little too lost in what they wanted of their, at least what they thought would maximize their chances to win, and they passed over who ended up being the best quarterback in that room, Purdy. Now, is Purdy going to be a part of the program moving forward? I suspect yes. But I think you have to bring in a quarterback or two from the portal to compete with Purdy, and either Sims or Harburg have to be removed from the quarterback room or maybe from the program entirely to make up for those scholarships. Harburg or Sims, very athletic, big guys, they can probably be utilized for other positions or maybe for a wildcat quarterback. But I imagine that they might have aspirations to start at different places, especially Sims. So one of them or both of them might transfer out. We'll just have to see. There will be several options in the portal this season, same with last season and the prior season. Of course, recruiting, more important than the transfer portal. It's why Lane Kiffin is never going to win a national championship because he uses the portal more than he recruits. That's not how you build a great program. And Rule and Nebraska and Trev Alberts, they want to build a great program. But you have to work with what you got, and you have to use all your available resources. And you can't use one top 25 recruiting class to turn things around in a season. So you have to use the portal to get some Band-Aids, and maybe you get magic in a bottle, like Kenneth Walker at Michigan State. It's not just quarterback, though. If this team was just a quarterback away from greatness, you'd see elite wide receivers who are frustrated with quarterback play, who catch balls that are thrown out of their own zone, but they make these phenomenal catches. You'd see Nebraska's rushing attack with how much they like to run the football, bring up Air Force, peak Army, peak Navy statistics, where their rushing offense is nearly unstoppable. And they're constantly driving down the field, rarely punting, but they get stifled in the red zone because you got to throw to score in the red zone. Oftentimes, you would see a defense that is unlike no other. Now, of course, not all of these things would have to happen for Nebraska to be a great program. You wouldn't need to be elite at every position. I don't think Nebraska fans are expecting national championships, at least at this point. 
but there are other parts that are busted, just not as much as quarterback. For the defense, I just think the nuts and bolts need to be tightened. The machine needs to be oiled, and they need to be given a offense that can chew up clock, an offense that can score points more than 21, 24 points per game, score an extra touchdown compared to what they are per game. I think that Tony White is a top 10 defensive coordinator right now, and I would pay him as much money as humanly possible for a coordinator to stick around long-term at Nebraska. I don't know if that will happen, but I really like Tony White. And it's hard to implement the 3-3-5 or those kind of new defenses or even just new schematics, whether defensively or offensively, in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is a traditional conservative by adaptation and college football standards conference. It is. Scott Frost tried to do something new, uh, failed pathetically. Ryan Day in Ohio State, they tried to bring uh, their own version of you know Chip Kelly, Oregon, somewhat air raid. We're going to have a generational quarterback with elite wide receivers. And I'm really throwing things out there when I say that, but they were bringing an elite elite offense to the table with Ryan Day. 2019, 20, 21, 22 Ohio State. Phenomenal offense. Elite offenses every season. Well, the problem was, is when Michigan, and I've said it every time, we have to acknowledge the illegal sign stealing, but nonetheless, Michigan was able to outpace that team defensively. They're able to build a better defense. Michigan used their own version of complementary football while devising one of the best rushing attacks over the past several seasons and better offensive line rooms over the past several seasons. They had an elite strength and conditioning staff, and all those things combined forced Ryan Day to make changes. Maybe he overcorrected. I don't think he needed to make some of the changes he did offensively, but he needed to make changes defensively. So he adapted. The Big Ten, when you bring new ideas to the Big Ten, the Big Ten often wags their finger after punching you in the nose and making you bleed and says, no, you have to at least play some of our game if we're going to let you play your game. And I think with Nebraska being able to come in, run a 3-3-5 defense and be this physical and be able to defend the run with a defense that, whether it's Alex Grinch's 3-3-5 at USC or Jim Knowles, he runs a 4-2-5 at Ohio State, but with that hybrid defensive end position, they could really pop into sort of that 3-3-5 with three down linemen and an edge in coverage. Some of those defenses with the 3-3-5 get killed by physical teams. Not the case with Nebraska, or when they do, I think it's because their offense can't respond, and the defense has limited talent and limited depth. They don't have the depth that Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan, and really even Wisconsin do. Rule is working with what he has, with what he got from the transfer portal, and this is year one. I expected Nebraska to go bowling in year one, and I think that's reasonable. And I think that a loss to Iowa makes the season disappointing, makes the season in some aspects a failure, because with this schedule, Nebraska should have went 6-6. Six and six. Seven and five. Losses by single digits to Minnesota, to Michigan State, to Maryland, 
and to Wisconsin. Now, at the same time, the Northwestern game, that could have went another way. The Illinois game perhaps could have bounced differently if Illinois started their later season rise with John Paddock at quarterback and Altmeyer improving as a passer. But 6-6-7-5, six and six and seven and five, in retrospect, very attainable. And Nebraska right now, they can't go 7-5. and five. They can get seven wins if they go bowling and win their bowl game. 6-6, six and six, you have one more chance, one more, to go bowling. And even if Nebraska goes bowling and they beat Iowa and they go 7-6, and six, which at that point the season would be a success, the offensive line has to improve. The wide receiver core, you need portal players from there. There needs to be build-up everywhere. Recruiting, you have some great recruits coming in, like Carter Nelson at tight end, and other four-stars and high-level three-stars. And there are a lot of players who are eligible to return. And there are other players, like Gabe Irvin Jr. and Ramir Johnson, who will no doubt return. Nebraska could have one of the deepest running back rooms in the Big Ten next season, if they can stay healthy and play to their potential. And parts of the offensive line will return, Thomas Fedoni and Nate Borkacher will return, and adding in Carter Nelson, if he is a diamond in the rough, even as a high-level four-star, and maybe you luck out to a certain degree and he's a mini Brock Bowers, that'll be a great tight end room. And the wide receiver core, Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd are getting experience, Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda, will be back. Marcus Washington, I don't know if he has extra year of eligibility. Maybe he can get a medical redshirt. We'll see. This team has potential moving forward. They do. They have potential on the roster and imagining what more development can do, portal additions, and future top 25 recruiting classes, if they continue with that level, can do. There's a bright future for Nebraska, but they have to make changes. They have to adapt. They have to stay at the curve or ahead of the curve without getting in their own head With Marcus Satterfield, he's going to return next season. Next season will probably be the reckoning point for him, as I bet they'll they'll improve drastically at most points offensively on paper, and at least marginally at other points. Maybe he should be let go after this season. I can understand that sentiment, but it is year one. He doesn't have much to work with. I wouldn't exactly be opposed for Nebraska firing him after this season, though especially if against Iowa or even in the bowl game, if they just completely turtle or they continue to pivot offensively and it's made known that that's Satterfield's decision, you don't necessarily want that moving forward. The 2024 schedule is full of opportunity, but it will be a steep challenge nonetheless, as will the future Big Ten for every Big Ten program, especially those who are not currently at the top. So, That's what I think Nebraska's problem is right now, is really the talent that they have to work with and the fact that this team's mentality and foundation is being shaken right now because they're 5-6, and they're now losing in these close games again, and Nebraska fans and the team I know as well is very frustrated, and understandably so. Tell me down below what you think Nebraska needs to change or focus on the most in the 2024 preseason, and check out my Patreon page to support the channel and get some bonus content via the link in the description and the pinned comment. Thanks to Crash2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Rogg for being Heisman Patreon members. Thanks for being for Spencer Bringhurst, Noah DDLC, and SFS Inverted for being All-American Patreon members. 
for the month of November. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lane, Austin Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being all conference patrons during the month of November. Have a phenomenal day, guys, and I will see you around. There will be an Iowa versus Nebraska preview and prediction video dropped tomorrow. Go Big Red.